0: Greetings, salutations, it's the second hour of sports talk. We come out of the bullpen and out of the bound is Joey Wright with me, Scott Beatty, and this train rides till 6 p.m. So great to have you with us. You can contribute to the show if you like on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217 Phone number is to do, uh, to cause the old fashioned way is 217 356 9397. That's WDWS. Hope you're staying cool. Hey, if you enjoy summer music
1: after the show, Joey, I don't know if you did, did you play an instrument growing up? I did not, but my brothers did and continue to do. Uvai's
0: summer band concert, second outdoor concert and final outdoor concert of the year, is tonight on the quad at 7 p.m. Yours truly will be there to emcee. Yeah. So uh, I encourage everyone to come on out. And yeah, it's a little hotter. Just bring some water.
1: Yeah, and it'll cool off as the night goes along. It should be a nice night to, to be outdoors and listen to some good music. Absolutely. And you take a walk and go get some ice cream or whatever you
0: want afterwards. So But um I don't know if I'm gonna double up on what I just did here and that is Coffee <laughs> and I had you know, my pre show coffee and but I was craving the sugar because I went <laughs> I went low on the sugar, but I had a lemonade going, and there's just a lot of acidity going on here. I yeah, don't know if this was the best choice. That's a tough combination. Last week it was chocolate milk. If you haven't figured it out, I like to have a drink. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that kind of drink. I just mean I
1: like to have a beverage around. My my go-to uh, high school football Friday nights is always a Mountain Dew, and I know you, you talked about uh, you talked about that on the air last week, you know, drinking a chocolate milk. You don't want to coat your throat, but I don't know. It just yeah, goes so, back yeah, to my high school about, days. Yeah, I just so like a – I like the, you know, I get you, you, you want some energy. A little caffeine, yeah. yeah.
0: But the car- the carbonation, I don't know. I don't I mind. Just, it. I, when I've done, ba- when I do baseball, sometimes I'll go have a Coke, okay? Or a Pepsi. Right. Um, but you kind of just got to sip it just because too much too quickly. And then you're talking into a
1: microphone and there's some CO2 wanting to come back. It's true. It's true. You have to pace yourself. But I don't know. I've never been a coffee guy. Never. I, the lemonade looks oh, refreshing. I was very. i a coffee guy.
0: I, I w- didn't really touch the stuff, and it's a whole new world. Yeah. Now it's a little. I, this is more utilitarian here in the afternoon. If I just need that two thirty, whoop, gotta. You know, we're going till six o'clock here. <laughs> but in the morning, th- that that nice cup of coffee just for some taste. So many things in your life you become accustomed. later I think you sort of develop a taste for. it. So it may be in your future is all I'm saying. It could be. Now I won't say that caffeine's great for you, but if you can kind of keep it to a cup or something, that's fine. In fact I finally asked my doctor said, How much is too much how much do you do? I said about a cup a day. You're fine.
1: Yeah a cup i feel like is on the that's on the low side of what people consume i mean i know people who are just chugging coffee all day or they you know they need three energy drinks to get them through and i'm like my goodness
0: yeah let's see and if i have too much then i feel it at night and i can't sleep well yeah so you got you kind of have got to have a cutoff. mm-hmm anyway, if you have thoughts on coffee or other beverages or you know sports you, we can do that <laughs> here on sports Talk 217-351-5357 is the castle heating and cooling text line. I believe we got a coffee emoji just sent to us on the text line. I didn't know we could even receive emojis. Um, we cannot receive pictures and I'm I'm, and I'm no, literally we cannot. we don't get them. If you send us a picture, it's not going to show up. I, I'm not making that up, and because I'm sure plenty of you have tried, and I'm sure there's been more than one person that would try to send us a picture that you really shouldn't be sending us. But all I'm saying is I didn't know we could receive emojis. Maybe this thing has somehow advanced a little bit.
1: Yeah, first time for everything. We're making a little history here on, uh, on a Thursday evening.
0: Yep, on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line.
1: Last hour, Lauren Tate uh,
0: and I talked, and Scott Ritchie was in the – The main news of the day is a tip time for Illinois basketball on Friday, November 18th. It came out earlier in the week that Illinois will play UCLA in the first game of that Roman main event in Vegas, and the tip time is 8.30 on that Friday night. The following day, Illinois football will be in in Michigan against the Wolverines. On Sunday, then, Illinois will play either Baylor or Virginia, depending on if Illinois wins, and the... Well, winner of the first game plays the winner of the other game, and loser plays loser. So Illinois would play at either 2 p.m. or 4.30 p.m. Central Time in Vegas on Sunday, November 20th, ahead of the Thanksgiving week. So we are still awaiting official word on about five or six more games for Illinois' non-conference schedule to fill out the whole slate. The Mizzou Bragg and Rights game also has not been announced. I think it's presumed. It's usually that Wednesday before Christmas. So we'll we'll assume that that's at, that, but I don't actually really know. Could be something different. And that's, that's what we got going on. Earlier today, wanted to bring you a little bit of this some baseball news. Cole Kershipper, drafted by the Miami Marlins in the 12th round. And Cole Kershipper talked a little bit uh, with
2: us today about hearing his name called to be a professional baseball player. You know, it was it was a kind of surreal moment um, to have my whole family there because, I mean, they've been there for my entire career, my entire life. Uh, my parents have sacrificed so much for me to get to this point in my career, and, you know, I can't thank them enough. But like I said, it was surreal. Um, it's a dream come true, and it's a goal that I've always wanted, and, and I, I achieved it. And, I mean, it's only the first phase of, of this whole entire process but i mean it's one phase that has really paid off and through all the hard work that I put in the past so day two and day three i've been on the phone with uh, my advisor um and we've been talking over he i mean he would get an offer and stuff like that and we communicate it but i mean i've talked i talked with miami before the uh, day three started and during day two um and then uh during day three when it happened, uh, I was actually on the phone with my advisor as it happened. So they didn't, it was like, cause there was like, um, a, they were busy doing picks. I mean, some of their guys got picked earlier than, than they wanted to, or that they were going to pick. So it was, it kind of all happened at one time. So, but I mean, like I said, I talked to him before the draft started that day and I knew it was either going to be them or Detroit.
0: So Illinois Friday night starter this past season. He is headed to play for the Miami Marlins organization. Likely to shut down this year based on all the innings he's already put on the arm this year. Might be something he does late in the season. And uh, he's got a trajectory now that he sees moving forward after his velo went up this year. And, you know, he became a better pitcher.
2: I mean, it really depends on what they have in their farm system already. Um, I know that they have a lot of young guys. That have been getting moved up here fairly quickly um well, like i said it comes down to me and my my arsenal and, and my athletic ability to, and pitch ability and stuff like that uh, i need to go out there and perform and prove myself in order to get that opportunity at the big leagues but i mean for me talking about myself i think that it could take me a couple of years to get up there but i i do feel very confident in that i will be a big leaguer one day not, maybe not like the 100s, but all the way up there, but I'd probably like to get up to like 95, 96, somewhere up there. Um, because, like I said, I mean, it just adds it adds more value to me uh, than just the, the basic 90, 93 cole. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a major development, but I think that what we're going to focus on most is that breaking ball and slider because I've always been a fastball changeup kind of pitcher. So developing that. Slider. I mean, me and Coach Allen have worked on it since he's got there. So it's been it's gotten a lot better, but it's not to this point where I need it to be. Um, so I think that's gonna be the major thing that we're gonna focus on. But like I said, I think we're on everything, all my pitches, my development, I think that's what we're gonna work on the most. But throughout through it through it all is I think the whole entire arsenal is gonna get worked on.
0: So that's a little bit from Cole Kershipper about his Future now with the Miami Marlins. Justin Janis drafted by the Braves. Jacob Campbell, who we also heard from. I'll try and bring a little bit of that, too. He uh, signs with the San Diego Padres.
1: Yeah, and if Cole makes his way through Beloit, one of my good friends will call his games. Larry Larson's the play-by-play voice of the Beloit Sky Carp. High yeah, a he won a competition to He did. Do that. He did. He won. They, they had a contest, brought in a, a couple of great play-by-play voices, um, young guys older guys all came in to compete it was a contest uh, joe davis was a judge just called the all-star game for fox a few nights ago and and larry was good enough to win it beat out a lot of good uh, competition there joe davis
0: went to beloit college he did he's an alum there and he and uh, wayne randazzo and adam Amin are yep. kind of they all kind of came up the ranks together they're all friends they're cl- not just close colleagues but they're close friends in the business and uh There are three guys that... Man, I was working uh, in minor league independent ball in an internship, and I was a little bit older, but we went and played a spring training game against the Gary South Shore Railcats up in Gary, Indiana, and their intern was Adam Amin, and... Right then and there, I was like, this guy is really good.
1: <laughs> yeah, what's well, crazy how quickly they've all climbed the ranks. Joe Davis is only thirty. Adam Amin's right in there too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're all the same age, and now Joe Davis is Fox's new national voice. I know a lot of he's got a lot of fans out there. Uh, seem to do a pretty good job on Tuesday, listening into, and of course he also works for the Dodgers and, and does their games. So uh, he's, he's got a good resume. I mean, there's a guy that's <laughs> follows
0: <laughs> Vin Scully. Yep. And now is Fox's lead broadcaster. That's living the dream right there. He, you know, uh, and, and Joe Buck was like, "See ya to Fox. I'm going to ESPN." Mm-hmm. I think he wanted. I, I think Joe uh, Joe Buck wanted to focus a little bit more on, I don't know, do the football thing, be kind of streamlined in what he does, and still make his
1: coin. Yep, and he had he had hinted for a couple years, I think, that he wanted to get away from baseball. He's because he has done the World Series. As long as I've been alive, mm-hmm. um, you know he's uh, he's been doing the World Series forever, and I think he kind of realized. I think he he did some interviews where he said it's someone else's turn. I mean, he's been the voice of the World Series for two and a half decades now. Nineteen ninety six was his first one, and I think he's he's gotten and he'll do Super Bowls at ESPN. So he was happy to let Joe Davis take the reins, and he could do it forever. You know, being thirty years old, I mean, he could that that job's going to be his as long as he wants it.
0: I'd have to look it up. I don't recall that the World Series was always one networks. It seemed to change in my childhood, and it was, uh, you know, it was Al Michaels one year. It was Jack Buck one year. It was Vin Scully one year. You know, it just seemed to kind of have different voices year in and year. I don't know how the contract worked. Uh, Bob Costas or whoever w- w- was on the call. And, uh, I yeah, I, I thought Joe Buck got Unfairly criticized at times. Uh, all, 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 all men and women in those positions are going to draw unfair criticism. Uh, and Joe Buck himself admitted, yeah, I was too muted on the World Series call for when the Cardinals won, I think, the 2011 call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, And he was very self-conscious about appearing overly biased for his hometown team. Yep. And the team his dad called, and he called for it. So he didn't want to look like a homer or bias towards the Cardinals. And it ended up doing a disservice, he felt, in the end, towards that call and towards the Cardinals winning the World Series. But yeah. he's a good broadcaster.
1: I, I like Joe Buck a lot, and he has gotten a lot more enthusiastic. I mean, he's had some great calls the last couple of years. Especially football, I think one of my favorites is the uh, the, the Minnesota Miracle, right, against mm. the Viking Saints. That's a pretty good one. And, and yeah, but you go back to his, his early... Uh, years at Fox, you know, very muted. Uh, you just uh, the 2006 call when the Cardinals won the World Series—that is somber. It's like someone maybe just, that was yeah. the one
0: he was referring to. I can't remember if it was that one or the yeah. or the 2011.
1: 2011, he had a, a strained vocal cord, right? He had uh, some uh, had a hair, a hair plugs? hair plug surgery go yeah, wrong, and yeah. that that hampered him there. If you listen to him do the 2011 All-Star game, he sounds horrible. I mean, he is, he clearly does not have much of a voice at all. You can weigh in uh, on the Castle Heating and Cooling
0: text line with coffee cup emojis or whatever, 217-351-5357. Got some uh, Jacob Campbell uh, comments to bring to you as well uh, about his transition into the big leagues. And uh, Joey, be thinking on this one. I got White Sox tickets to give away for Saturday night's game, and uh, it's a pack of four with parking. So we have to think about how we want to give these away. Ooh. We've done trivia. We've done be caller number so-and-such and such. So just let the wheel spin on that a little bit. Right back after this.
3: Now at newsgazette.com, inside the line basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who focuses in on a
1: freshman who made the biggest gains this summer. Sky Clark.
0: Yeah, I just hope Sky Clark's knee is in good shape as – he recovers from uh, that issue. if you recall, when he made his commitment announcement, I thought it was pretty extraordinary. On national television, he makes his commitment to Illinois and specifically mentions Adam Fletcher. And I don't know how many strength and commission conditioning guys get a specific shout-out when somebody's making their commitment to a school. But in his situation, especially with his knee, he wanted to... He felt that uh, Adam Fletcher
1: deserved a shout-out. Did you know there's baseball going on? You did, because you reminded me. (laughs) There is one game in progress right now, it looks like, and it is Detroit and Oakland, 7-2 in the middle of the ninth inning. Detroit and Oakland's probably not turning many heads this season, but right now it has uh, some notoriety as it's the only game on. I think it is... The first game back from the All Star break. I don't think any of the other games have started, and they're playing no, the, a doubleheader oh, today.
0: The Astros beat the Yankees today in a doubleheader, first of a doubleheader. So there's oh yeah, there's I, a I game see in the that, books, and, yeah, and the Rangers beat the Marlins, yeah, shut out the Marlins, eight to nothing. So you think use Colt Kershaw already? Just thinking the same thing. Cardinals and Reds tomorrow in Cincinnati. Adam Wainwright will throw Cubs at the Phillies. Justin Steele. Uh, against uh, the Phils out in uh, the city of Brotherly Love. And the White Sox begin their season series, that is, with Cleveland, Lucas Chialito, back on the Hill. We have tickets to go see them on Saturday night, on the back end of a doubleheader, by the way, with parking. That is an opportunity for you to... Go see them if you'd like. Um, Kirby Smart, ten years, hundred and twelve and a half million dollars, highest-paid coach in college football, according to sources. Now, uh, the average salary would be
1: eleven and a quarter if you're keeping score on that. Eleven and a quarter million. I was curious earlier how much is he making now, more than the top players? What what is a top of the line NIL deal pay out to an Arch Manning type guy, right? I know he's still a year away, but uh, Kirby's still gonna make a little more, but I know that was that was one of the arguments for NIL in the first place, as you've got these Nick Sabins and, and now Kirby Smart's and, and the like, right? You know, making all this money and the athletes were previously shut out and I, I don't think they're getting quite into that that um Eight-figure range, but it seems to be a little more equal now, right? I mean, I remember, 3 four million a year, right? Oh, I don't know. Is it getting that high? I mean, I remember Bryce Young
0: at Alabama. And I think Nick Saban threw out a million dollars. It might be what he's getting per year. But I think it's – maybe it's more. I mean, he's got a BMW deal. it has got a deal with something called New Life Art. So go figure. Uh, it's not so bad there in Tuscaloosa.
1: No, I, I I pulled up an article on my laptop here. Go gobankingrates.com. So what? However, <laughs> however much stock we want to put into to these fellows, but they, they seem to be a, a group that specializes in you know money and and uh, some of these deals. And so, uh, BYU football player can make one hundred thirty-six thousand dollars plus tuitions. Uh, a Texas offensive lineman, this article says, can sign an NIL deal for eight hundred thousand dollars. And I'm thinking, all right, offensive lineman. But at a big school like Texas, I don't think it's unreasonable to think a, a quarterback, a star guy, could get Ooh. into the, the one to three $4 million range. That seems reasonable to me. Bryce Young, it says, made uh, $800,000 through a couple of deals before he ever started a game. Of course, went on to win the, the Heisman.
0: Well, speaking of all that, Jimbo Fisher, the Texas A&M head coach, Put to rest any concerns of lingering t- tension between himself and Alabama coach Nick Saban on the conclusion of SEC Media Days. He said, we saw each other at the meetings. I have great respect for Nick. Had a great friendship with him. I respect him very much. We all learn from different circumstances of which we have, and I have no ill will to no anything to him. I've great respect when we coached and done a lot of great things together. We're from the same part of the country, you know what I'm saying? But we never talked that way. We never called and talked and did anything. We were just all, we 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 were just like we always were. Unfortunately, our thing went public. Sometimes that happens in this world. Nothing is private anymore, is it? Should recall. <laughs> Sabin said the Texas A&M bought every player in its top re- ranked recruiting class through NIL deals.
1: Yeah, it went public because it was made public. It's not like that leaked. That was said at a press conference, right? That was by Nick Saban. Yeah, that was made public very much by choice.
0: Nick Saban (laughs) doesn't just accidentally say things. No, he's very calculated. But anyway, it seems like they they've buried the hatchet. Good for them. I don't want to see bad blood continue between Texas A and M and Alabama. For goodness' sake,s (laughs) you're in (laughs) the same conference. You you got (laughs) to. You guys got to learn how to stick together. Um, What else? Jacob Campbell, Illini catcher, very good catch and throw guy, good stick, moves well, missed his name on the draft. In the old days of 40 rounds, he would have been drafted, but not so anymore. His thoughts on not getting his name called. but still getting a deal with the Padres
3: not being drafted. Um, you know, I knew I was going to get an opportunity regardless. Um, but you know, I was, uh, I was very happy because it was, it was, you know, not two minutes after the draft concluded that I was getting, uh, phone calls from different teams with different offers for uh, free agent opportunities. And at that, at that point, it was basically just weighing those against each other. And, um, for me making my family making the best decision I, I felt for uh, my career. And I feel like I did. So, so I'm very happy with my decision. Um, that is kind of how it worked out is it kind of gave me the, the leverage to, to kind of pick and choose based off of, um, you know, it was, it was really came down to uh, the fact that I've had the most communication with the Padres since I've um, shoot, since I've, since I've uh, been out of high school, I've, I've talked with them the most and they've expressed the most interest, but, um, I kind of view it as, as, as more of an advantage for me just because, you know, the whole, the whole way that it worked out kind of fits right into to my path and, and how, how I've had to go about everything since um, since I've been in college. And um, it's always kind of been the, the, um, the road less traveled for me. And, um, you know, I'm so ready to embrace it and kind of just using it as like a chip on my shoulder that, um, you know, I was passed up by every team for 20 rounds. That's the way I look at it. So um, I'm just using that as as, uh, motivation going into all this. And, um, you know, I feel like it just kind of fits right in. It's a perfect puzzle piece into into my journey. And uh, I'm just really excited for where it's going to take me.
0: He was drafted out of high school in the 36th round by the Chicago Cubs. Chose instead to go to the college ranks. And obviously that worked out well for him. And really developed his game as a catcher in calling and working with a pitching staff as well. Um, I don't know why you you maybe don't go there uh, right away to draft a catcher, but you know that catchers are always needed. Mm -hmm. There's a spot for them in pro ball. Uh, Whether or not their ceiling's there, and I think why not him? He's got a chance just like anybody else, but you need somebody with his skill set. Those are hard to find, so I'm not surprised that he had some suitors calling for him right away. And yeah, I I asked I was one to ask him. I said, "Did you feel like you actually were at an advantage?" I don't know how the money worked out by not being drafted, but instead of just saying, "Okay, this team called my name, I'm going," he had he could say, "Well, who's offering this or that?" and kind of find the best arrangement for himself.
1: Yeah, work the open market a little bit. And, of course, it's it's been in the news lately, you know, minor league baseball salaries. Again, that came up during the All-Star break. Salary is a stretch. Salary is a stretch. <laughs> that's, a, that's a a big exaggeration. Uh, uh, compensation might be a better way to put it, uh, or lack thereof. And, and I know a lot of minor leaguers kind of struggle with that. But uh, speaking on... Jacob Campbell, I know you're a lot more familiar with U of I baseball than than myself, but there is room in the game for a catcher who can frame a pitch and work the work the dish defensively and offensively. You know, hit 300 in 2021, uh, 281 last season, as as I look at his stats here. So I mean, has the ability to swing the bat. That's that's going to play well when you compare some of that offensive ability with pitch framing, which is so important. I mean, that's that's where you can really make your money as as a catcher. So, Campbell talked a little bit more about
0: why ultimately San Diego.
3: Um, it really was just mostly the relationship that I had with uh, their, their scout and their scouting director. You know, I had gone to, um, to Fort Wayne, Indiana, to their single-A ballpark for pre-draft workouts for two years in a row um, the last couple years. And um, I just felt like, um, you know, this this the second time I went, you know, just um, about a couple months ago, uh it just felt like it was more of like a family uh feel to it um lots of communication um throughout the workout um and i just felt very comfortable around them and um they expressed to me very early that they uh you know wanted to see me in a, a tin caps uniform which was uh, or which is the single a team um in fort wayne so you know i just felt like a like that there was a high level of interest there and and that definitely piqued my interest and um, not to mention, I had talked to um, their area scout, Troy Horner, since I've been in high school. And, and we've been in constant communication throughout my college career. So um, they've just always been very um, visible and very uh, you know, out there and, and honest. And um, the, the line of communication has been very uh, fluid with them.
0: Some more thoughts from Jacob Campbell on going to San Diego and finally, He was on the team in 2019, the final year for Michael Massey, and of course Michael made his big league debut last weekend with Kansas City up in Toronto, filling in for all those unvaccinated players, got three hits. How did it feel to see a former teammate
3: do what he did? Oh man, that was awesome. You know, I I reached out to to Mass right away and um, congratulated him and you know, he was, he was one of those juniors um, on the team when I was going through a lot of that failure my freshman year that was always picking me up. And he was always, you know, kind of taking me under his wing. And, um, you know, Michael's one of those, one of those guys where he's, he's so mature beyond his years that, um, you know, when I was a freshman, I really needed that. Um, you know, and it's not, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't corny and it wasn't cheesy. It was, it was genuine. And, and that's just the, the type of guy he is. So I was so happy to see him have that success and. Um, you know, that's, that's going to happen for, for a long time. So, um, you know, I always thought of him as a big leaguer, even when he was in college. So it's just, it's great to see him reach his dreams. And, um, you know, I, I just know it's gonna, it's gonna continue for him.
0: That is good to see. I don't know what the status is. I assume everybody got sent back down. I'm not sure on that, but I assume uh, the guys that were already on the 40 man are going to going to stay on and Everybody will be back to their levels of double or triple A, as the case may be. SportsDoc here. Hey, if uh, the heat is getting to your air conditioning unit, CU Trade Services is the place to go. They can help you out with your air conditioning troubles, and you if, may want to think about getting on their maintenance plan. And I'll talk to you actually about heat as well. Why not right now? Get on the maintenance plan for your furnace so that when the time comes, you're not in a panic, hey, is the furnace going to work or worse when it does get to be the cold months, it's not working either. So avoid, the, uh, avoid sweating it out, so to speak, here in the hot months about whether or not the AC is in good shape at CU Trade Services. And hey, if you're qualified as a technician on HVAC or plumbing or electrical, they could use you on their team. And they're growing. They've been growing leaps and bounds over the last several years. But a different kind of company with the way they work together as a family, the ways they like to reward their employees, provide training, provide benefits, 401 k all that good stuff, and just a positive work environment with uh, the resources you need to do a job and do it well. If you enjoy people, have good people skills, and you've got those skills to work on stuff, give them a call as well. CU Trade Service, one call does it all. It's CU Trade Service. All right, Joey, time to give away some of these White Sox tickets. Saturday night against Cleveland. A four-pack includes parking, so you can just jet up I-57 and into the Dan Ryan there in 35th Street and be at Guaranteed Rate Fields. Want to do some trivia? I got a trivia question. Yeah, it's a pretty good question. Okay. This relates to yesterday, and that yesterday was the anniversary of Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. This is not White Sox specific. This is just a baseball trivia question that I came up with. All right? Phone number is 217-356-9397. And if you don't know the answer, you've got a 50-50 shot anyway. All right? <laughs> Which is higher, the number of humans who have walked on the moon or the number of Major League Baseball players who have turned an unassisted triple play? Number of people who have walked on the moon... Or the number of people who have turned an unassisted triple play in the big leagues two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Good luck, youth little league games around here, and and I have two now. Uh, not only from doing it on the radio, but my son's of that age now. Um, but there was a uh, I don't know what level, um, what one of the all star teams I guess, yep. or uh, there was a triple play that you will not see. In the big leagues, it's not possible. In the big leagues, runners of, go, go ahead, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, runners at, at second and third, obviously, with nobody out. The batter, um, hits a ground ball, um, I believe back to the pitcher, okay, Mm-hmm. and uh, the runner at third base comes home and slides. Head first.
1: Oh no, that's not
0: allowed. Nope, that is not allowed. And then, uh, then the runners out, the batter's out at first base. On the play made over there at first base, that's out number two. Now the guy at second base has come round towards home. The batter got out of the, uh, um, you know, swung and didn't either didn't run or just kind of stood there. And impeded the throw home for the third guy. Oh,
1: no. Interference. <laughs> out. Yikes. Triple play. You'll never see it. We had uh, we had an inside-the-park home run at one of our Little League games on DWS this past summer. I forget the teams, and I won't mention them even if they come to me, but there was a kid who hit an inside-the-park home run, slid headfirst into home plate, just kind of showing off. Didn't need to. He would have been safe anyways, and... Uh, that's an out. You can't do it in that league, yeah. in, the, in the suited league. Yeah, that's tough. By the way, our
0: colleague here, Dave Leak, um, just for the record, former uh, head of Parkland's uh, Starkle Planetarium, mm-hmm. we walked on the moon. All right. It was real. It happened. Okay. <laughs> just uh, We were kidding around. Yep. We were kidding around, but... Uh, Yes, the, the, so the, the question is, what's higher, the number of unassisted triple plays in Major League history or the number of people who've walked on the moon? And if you guess correctly or know the answer, the correct answer, you've got tickets to see the White Sox on Saturday night in Chicago, 217-356-5357 on that. But, yeah, rare feats in uh, Major League history. There's There's – There are some things that have happened fewer times than the times we've walked on the moon. Of course, we stopped going to the moon, too, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. We should go back. I'm up for it.
1: (laughs) I'll go. Home run derby on the moon? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I will say, I don't think I'm giving much away, because we've been talking about this, but the last unassisted triple play was 2009. It was Eric Bruntlett played for the Philadelphia Phillies at the time. They were playing the New York Mets. And um, Bruntlett, uh, I don't. I, the, it was something in the infield. Uh, he was playing middle infield, second or short. I don't recall. And uh, uh, gloved it, and then stepped on second, and tagged the the run, doubled off the runner, and then got the runner who was m- middle, you know, almost second base from first. I probably did a horrible job of describing that. But that was a, that's the, the conventionally the unassisted triple plays happen in the infield. Occasionally they'll happen, you know, some crazy play. Left fielder, right fielder, center fielder will come way in and find himself in the right place at the right time. But yeah, the the most likely
0: scenario is going to be right there at second base, right? You're probably with runners on the move and it's a line drive caught, and then you just slap a tag and and then step on a, the bag to double somebody off. That's got to be the most common way it happens. Um, and of course, the the White Sox went into a triple play this year on the eight five put out which had never happened before, and that was because they somehow didn't think the
1: ball was caught <laughs> by Byron Buxton. Yep. Uh, there's only been one unassisted triple play performed by an outfielder, and that was in 1911. Red Sox outfielder uh, yes, I remember it well. Walter Carlisle uh, pulled it off. Let's see how he did it here. I have an article pulled up in front of me. Uh, reading from David Hill's article, a uh, call to the pen.com, published five years ago. And it was in the sixth inning of a – the Tigers were playing the Angel. Well, no, this was a minor league game. Mm, that doesn't count. Okay, but yeah. But maybe it's, maybe we won't it's happened in baseball. It, it has happened. Yeah, this was
0: a – You pointed out the last perfect game was that when there was three of them in 2012 and Felix Hernandez was the last of the trio of Phil Umber and Matt Cain and, and, and himself to – to throw one. So that came on August 15th in 2012. It's hard to believe we're we're coming up on 10 full years since a perfect game. Of course, who who goes 9 innings anymore, right? Yeah. Uh those pitch counts, Umbers was 96, Kane 125, Hernandez 113 in those pitch counts of those last 3. Um trying to find what, are, what David Cone's, excuse me, David Wells is was 120 pitches. Uh, that's the all-time high, at least uh, in from when they counted pitches. Cy Youngs wasn't counted; the number of pitches wasn't counted. But that's that's the upper end there of a of a perfect game.
1: Yeah, I feel like it can't get much higher because I mean you're going to throw a lot of pitches, throw a nine innings regardless. But I mean it can't be that elevated because you can't walk anyone, right? I mean so there's kind of a ceiling. Uh, but how many pitch – Edwin Jackson threw uh, a no-hitter a few years ago, and his pitch count was way up there, I want to say. It was in the
0: yeah, – And that was a feel-good moment because that guy had been in the bigs for so long. Just been one of those guys that just has always been around. Never been elite, elite, but always been serviceable, journeyman, starter, can get you some innings kind of thing. So he's good. So anyway, if you got thoughts on it, uh, give us uh, one more shot here. What's higher, number of unassisted triple plays or number of walkers on the moon? I guess you gave up on my little game. But the answer was there's been 12 people who've walked on the moon and 15 unassisted triple plays.
1: Fifteen was my original guess for how many have walked on the moon.
0: The point is, it's about as rare. Yeah, I just think that's interesting. Anywho, we'll give it a. I got some more tickets. Uh, we'll, we'll give them away again tomorrow. If you got a chance, time to go up to the uh, ball game on Saturday. Joey, it's been fun. We'll talk again tomorrow. Let's do it. All right. This is Sock 1400, 93.9 FM WDWS, Champaign Urbana, CBS, and Sound On is next.